0: BYU comes up short against Notre Dame. We're talking about along with your comments right here on Postcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. BYU comes up short in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, losing 28-20 to to the fight in Irish of Notre Dame. Uh, this game overall is going to be more about the story of missed opportunities for BYU in this game. Yet again, another slow start dooms the Cougars in the first half. They hold the ball for just over eight minutes total time, and that's the problem. is These slow starts for BYU, you're able to over- overcome it against the likes of a Wyoming or Or a Utah State, but when it comes to a team like Notre Dame, you cannot have that type of stuff because this is a Notre Dame team that may not be the same caliber as an Oregon or a Baylor for that matter, but they have plenty of athletes, none more so talented than Michael Mayer. What a fantastic game for him, for Notre Dame, and BYU unable to overcome that deficit. They put themselves, the hole they put themselves in that first half. You look at the stats in this game, pull that up right now, and it just, it's kind of baffling for BYU in many ways that they were even in this game down the stretch. The Cougars uh, overall in this contest end up with, pulling it up here, 323, oh, that's the kickoff yards, I apologize, 276 total yards versus 496 for Notre Dame. The crazy thing about this is had BYU's offense been able to do much of anything in the first half of this contest, it might have been a different contest altogether. Uh, BYU, as mentioned, falls into an 18 to 6 hole at the end of the first half. In the second half, the offense comes out and it seemed like it finally woke up. There's a lot of talk about if Jaron Hall was 100%. Klein Satake saying he was, quote, definitely banged up after the game. Jaron Hall, though, for his uh, part, came out and told the media. Contrary to popular belief, there's no shoulder injury. Now, let me also caution uh, taking all of those comments with a grain of salt, because last year, many of you will recall after the Arizona State game when Jaron Hall got landed on, he said that he was completely fine after the game. He'd ice it up and be ready to go for the next week. Well, he wasn't ready to go, and that was the Utah State game the week afterwards that obviously Baylor Romney ended up starting. Jaron is a gamer. He's a guy who's going to tell you that he's good to go, even if he's not, and that's the thing about this. We'll have to see how much uh, help. Health, well, not how much health, how much of his health status is going to be an impact for the Cougars as they get ready for a matchup with Arkansas next week. Razorbacks 3-3 three and three on the season, so they haven't had the year that they expected. BYU 4-2. and two. Who knows where BYU falls in the national polls. I would imagine they're probably sitting just on the edge of being outside the top 25. My venture is something like 23 or 24. It was a one-score loss in the end for BYU in this game. I don't think the national pollsters are necessarily going to throw BYU out of the rankings for this loss after... After all, this is still a four and two ball club, but you didn't do yourself any favors. Anybody could have seen that game. It was on NBC, a huge stage, a sellout crowd, 62,000-plus there at Allegiant Stadium. By the way, an incredible crowd. And I thought it was more of a 60-40 split for Notre Dame in this matchup, but big credit to all BYU fans. I had an opportunity to sit with my brothers and my dad in this game actually sit in the stands and watch it from that perspective. Really, really fun uh, to be there and to kind of feel the energy in the stadium. And uh sad part is BYU comes up short in this one because – I look at this game, the fourth and two, that you have Lopini Katoa get stonewalled all late in the game. You also have the safety that Jaron Hall took early in this one. The interception on the very first play from scrimmage. There are a lot of plays, and I'm looking forward to re-watching this game and getting some more thoughts on this after re-watching it. Uh, like I said, I'm sitting in the stands this time, so the perspective of that. But I am looking forward to going back in my film review and see if my perspective on certain things changes. But... It just seems like it's a series of missed opportunities for BYU in this one. And that's, I think, what BYU fans, many of you out there watching this and or listening to it, are going to talk about is the fact that it just seemed like BYU, they had opportunities in this game, but every time it seemed to come up snake eyes, to use that expression, as we are in Las Vegas. I'm coming to you guys actually from my hotel room, so it's – It's going to be one of those games I think BYU fans look back on and say, what if? Because had BYU's offense not laid an egg in that first half, it truly might have been a different game for the Cougars. So we'll obviously break this down. Um, Some highlights, I guess, good news for BYU in this game is that I thought Cody Epps had yet another stellar performance for BYU. The lack of touches uh, going to both Pukinokua and Gunnar Romney, especially in the first half, was absolutely astonishing. But a guy like Cody Epps, he is showing more and more to be one of the top three or four wide receivers in BYU's rotation. That's a fantastic development because that's a young man who I think you're going to really count on as BYU gets ready to go into the Big 12 next year. So that was positive to see. Max Tooley remains, I think, BYU's best defensive player. Had a huge interception, actually giving BYU a chance when Notre Dame was driving there. Uh, he had a couple of the big plays in that one. Peyton Wilgar actually tipped the pass uh, that uh, Tooley ultimately intercepted. I thought it was Peyton Wilgar, maybe his finest game of the season. I thought the defensive line had its moments as well. Guys like Lorenzo Fawatea. I thought Tyler Batty had some moments in this one. Gabe Unfortunately, looked like he got injured once again in this one. It's just disappointing for him, especially after he came back after a two-game absence to play in this one. But I thought BYU's defense, I guess as a whole, did their part. Uh, obviously, giving up 28 points, most people will tell you anywhere between anywhere between 24 and 28 points. Bronco Mendenhall, he had his benchmark. He believed that his defense gave up 24 points or less more often than not. BYU was going to win that game. Well, his This defense for BYU gave up 28 points, and this offense, if they had been able to get a couple more critical plays, the Pukunakua dropped late in this one when I thought he was getting held the entire way down the field, but the ACC officiating crew did not want to call anything in this game. Two total penalties in this contest, one on BYU, one on Notre Dame. One on Notre Dame came 57 minutes into the contest, but... Uh, you have to play through all that. That That's the thing about that. You can't uh, say, well, the ref screwed us in this one. They did not screw BYU in this one because the BYU offense, funny enough, they have kind of been the bright spot. It feels like for most part this season, like, their ability to keep BYU in football games, get big touchdowns, that type of stuff. In this one, BYU's defense in many ways showed up for the entirety of the game versus the offense where the offensive is like a no show in the first half. So Disappointing outcome to say the least for BYU now sitting at four and two. We'll get to your comments here in just a minute. Uh, we'll get those from social media. But first, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all the football betting information you need this season, my friends. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find out there. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events beyond football, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to bet online right now or use your mobile device to learn more. It's betonline.net where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen to the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Let's get to your guys' comments now. I'll throw the graphic up here on the screen as we actually be able to see some of these uh, coming in here. We'll get to as many of them as in the time we have remaining. Here's gonna be a little bit shorter of an addition here, but let you guys actually see what some of you out there in social media land had, had to say about this one. All right, let's start off with this one, a wild Turkey fart blown our good friend, Ryan Van Wagenen at VWAG 23 says we might be the worst prepared team in the country. As things currently stand, I do not see any way of a recurring mishaps getting corrected without a major overhaul on this staff. Well, Kalani Satake said that they were going to have to do some uh, critiquing of their decisions in this game. Uh, they had the personnel issues with, uh, 10 men on the field at least three times in that first half. Forced at least two timeouts. They took a delayed game on the first extra point that Justin Smith ultimately missed. That type of stuff can't happen. That's like the small stuff. That is the stuff that you're overlooking if that type of stuff is happening. And that's the disappointing part if you're a BYU fan. Our good friend David Hatch says again not good enough. Can't show up for only one half of games. That's true. That's on the coaches and the players. Everybody has to take responsibility. Also the time of possession and number of plays run is exactly why this defense is so frustrating. They can't get off the field. The offense shoots themselves in the foot. Now BYU's defense like I I thought they actually were one of the bright spots in this game but the fact that the offense did did them no favors with some of the three and outs and whatnot I absolutely agree because in many ways the very first possession of the game you throw the ball up, throw it up one time it's intercepted. That's essentially giving Notre Dame a The first, um, what am I trying to say? The first possession of the first half, and then they get the touchdown just before halftime and come right back out and get the ball back. Essentially, you didn't get the ball, and I know you did, but you you didn't get it to start either half of play, and that puts you behind the eight ball. That's a disappointing one for BYU. Jacob Osler here, Jacob Osler, four said, blame on all sides, but especially the coaches. The identity of this BYU team is either play slash coach brilliantly or play slash coach horribly. This game, we got 70% horrible and 30% brilliant. All right, I like that, Jacob. I like that breakdown. All right, Landon Sorensen at Shell5792 says, I still haven't gotten that complete game yet. Can't say they didn't have their chances. Oh, well. I completely agree with that. Kalani Satake has been talking about this for the better part of of four weeks now, saying, I want to see our team play a complete game. Well, they're at the halfway point, sitting at four and two. And I completely agree with Landon. We have not seen a complete game performance for BYU. Actually, I think the closest they have come is probably the Baylor game. Maybe the USF game, but maybe the Baylor game is the closest they have come to playing a complete game. Uh, Andy at O underscore rascals, the plague of the slow starts continues. The defense figured it out this week, but the offense did not. We need to get how to get Puka and Gunner's mojo back. I actually thought that Puka and Gunner when they actually got the ball in their hands. The mojo was just there. The problem is actually getting the ball in their hands. And that was... The big uh, concern there. All right. YouTube Blue, SC Price UTP saying, I got, I love the fight. First half frustrated on offense. Hated the timeout on fourth down call. We really have found a safety in Micah Harper with, but with more out. The rest are a huge drop off in a glaring hole. I will disagree with that. I actually think Taylor Alfrey is very, very good in that spot. Malik Moore is very, very good, but I thought that that was not necessarily a glaring hole at safety. Michael Mayer is no legit, no doubt, but they had to know that was coming uh, with him. Surprised we didn't break bracket him. I agree because you allowed a guy like Michael Mayer. He had 10 receptions in this game, the most of any NCAA tight end this year. Uh, you can't have that. You, you've got to take him out of the game and deciding that you that was the guy you were going to let beat you if that's the case, BYU made the wrong decision, obviously, in that one. JT Lamro at JT underscore Lamro saying, I thought we had him in the fourth quarter. The BYU section stole all the stadium energy, and then we got the touchdown to get within five. That was one of those special moments in sports. So cool to be a part of it. The team played with heart, and if we can figure out a way to start better on offense, we can be so much better than we've shown. Oddly feel better about this loss than our last two wins. I love this team. Go Kooks. All right, JT, that's, I like that. They did show some fight down the stretch. I will give BYU that, but... This is a game that you probably, in many ways, you look at it and they say, we probably should have won this one. All right, a couple more before we call it quits on this edition of the postcast of Locked On Cougars. It says, uh, BYU 4-Tray, a playoff bogey. The slow starts continue. We said that we couldn't fly in this We said that we that it wouldn't fly in this game, and we were right. BYU's defense made enough plays to win this game, and BYU's offense was only a few plays away from taking the lead. When Jaron Hall has it going, keep the ball in his hands. There's a lot of people out there, by the way, they're upset about Jaron Hall not not having that ball on fourth down. I I can see that. My biggest question is okay, if you're gonna run the ball up the gut on that play, why is it that Lopini Katoa is holding that ball rather than your 235-pound power back in Chris Brooks? That's the that's the interesting part about this. Uh, BYU 4 Trey at playoff bogey continues. Says Christopher Brooks has found something in this game. Does that bode well for the rest of the season? I would hope so. Says BYU was only a few plays from a glorious comeback. I think it tells you something that BYU is very close to taking that next step. Maybe they are a playoff bogey, but the thing about this, this is a game that's going to stick with BYU fans because it just seems like they were so close, as you mentioned, to breaking through on this one. It would have been nice to actually see them take this win, learn from it, move on. The loss is obviously going to stick with them a little bit longer. All right, a few more questions here. Uh, A few more comments, excuse me. Chase Schwartz at Chase Schwartz uh, 3 says, NFL QB and you take the ball out of his hands four times in a row. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Maybe he wasn't healthy. I, we don't know necessarily the status of that. I, the play, and then uh, Josh Chisholm, the play calling the season has just been baffling at times. Okay. You can, you could argue that, uh, Jared Labrum here, a uh, frustrating game. Why did Hall look so bad? So early defense as well, just terrible to start so poorly. It did BYU in, it really felt like, uh, for BYU to start as slow as they did. And then the final thing, Trevor Burton here, defense stepped up with huge stops. The offense couldn't get the job done. Slow start killed us again. I, I completely agree with that. That's, that's the thing about this is you look at the slow start. Once again, Absolutely crippling to BYU's chances in this game. And Kalani can say all he wants at this point about wanting to start faster, et cetera. But until you see that actually happen, that I think is where BYU fans are going to be the most frustrated is the fact that it just it they're they're not showing the progression you would have liked to have seen for them in this matchup. So Disappointing loss, all the same. Like I said, I'll be doing my film review. I'll have that for you on the Monday edition of Locked On Cougars, a full edition. Uh, We'll talk about that. Uh, Looking forward to driving back to Salt Lake, and I'll probably watch that along the way on the drive back north. But thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Thank you for making this your first listen. I want to encourage you guys to make sure you make a Locked On Big 12 your second listen to the day. Josh Neighbors does a great job making sure you're up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. By the way, TCU knocking Kansas from the ranks of the unbeaten. The Big 12, folks, pretty frisky this year. Oklahoma's awful. Texas absolutely obliterates them in the Red River rivalry. So if you want all the breakdown of all that, check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get it free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like this one. It's also available on YouTube like this show as well. That'll do it for me. A big thank you for joining us. As always, we'll be back on Monday with a full edition of the show uh, live from my studio at my house. Uh, But signing off from Las Vegas, it's Jay Catch. This has been the Locked On Cougars Postcast.